0: Welcome to the Unleashed Podcast. If you're looking for a no BS approach to building a successful business, then this show's for you. I'm your host, Christina Scholand, sharing an Unleashed real straight talk approach to life and business. So buckle up, put on your big girl panties, and let's get started. Welcome back to the Unleashed Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Scholand, and... I'm probably more excited today to share this podcast with you than maybe any other podcast that I've ever recorded because I have a very special guest on today who I'm not going to embarrass him and get all googie or anything, but I will tell you what, I have so much respect for this man. I've been following him for many, many years. Many of you know that I have been an esthetician for, I think this is 22 years that I'm going on. And way back in the day, I started following Kelly Cardenius on social media and the way that he runs his business, lives his life, shares his family, all of his values are so relatable where we can take any bit of his advice and turn it into success in our lives. All we have to do is use those principles. It's amazing, and so I'm really excited. And Kelly, I I'm gushing because I just you know what I love your family, like your your dad, your brother, all of it. Like I want you to first, I want you to share your story, and I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give your book a plug really quick too because I read your book. It's so. Awesome. It's the six indicators for business and life. And you know what, I'm going to put a link to it on our website so that anybody who is interested in grabbing it, it is well worth it. It's so well worth it. So welcome Kelly. And I'm so grateful to have you on today.
1: Well, I appreciate it. And honestly, like I'm very humble. I appreciate your words and it just, honestly, you already made my day. So It's incredible to be here.
0: So a lot of when what we talk about every week is, you know, how to, there's entrepreneurs, there's just people, you know, listening life lessons and that kind of stuff. Tell me about growing up. I know that your parents instilled in you confidence, belief in yourself, like you pretty much knew from a very young age that you could do anything. And pretty much you've lived up to that. So tell me about all of that.
1: Well, I think it started with my mom was the lover. My dad was tried to be the disciplinarian. Now he's a softy because he's a grandfather. He's actually his name is Kampa now with my kids. And it started with it really started with my mom. My mom wrapped us up with love. We didn't have the most traditional, you know, upbringing, but she wrapped us in love. So it almost it, it almost gave us the, that rose-colored glasses to our whole entire life. And the things that they constantly said, I've paraphrased now, but it's a phrase that I use with my kids, which is, I'm perfectly, wonderfully made in the image of God. Anything contrary to that is a lie. And from this day forward, I will only accept truth. Now, I paraphrase that for my parents, but they told me every single day that I was perfectly, wonderfully made. They told me that I was awesome. They told me that I could do anything, that I was purposed to do. Not that I could do anything, because I think this was the biggest thing is when they raised me, I was the baby in the family, but they never compared me to my brother. My brother was a superstar in every single thing that he's done. He's, a, uh, one of the, he's one of the top attorneys in the entire country. He was the top of, of 40, under 40. He's got a, a law firm there in Vegas that's one of the top. And he was the best at everything. He's continued to be the best at everything, everything, but they never compared me. They only said, you are perfect at being you.
0: I love that. It sounds, from reading your book and everything that I've, all of your lives that I've watched, They had such a belief in you. Oh my gosh. I remember I watched one of your lives several weeks ago and you were walking, you're going for a walk. And then all of a sudden you just ran into your dad. And I was like, oh, there's pop. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love pops is famous. Pop's is is
1: famous. This dude is, this dude's on another level. I mean, his wisdom is, is tremendous. Now I just lost my mom about two years ago, a little over two years ago. She's only six. she's only 62 years old. But, you know, but she's with me every day and my dad, but my dad, I get to physically be with him and I get to talk to him every single morning. We talk every single morning. And he tells me the same thing every single morning when he says this to me, he says, you're the greatest. He's always told me this in life, but when my mom passed away, he changed it. And he said, you're the greatest. And then he paused and he said, so act accordingly. And I think that in our lives, when we have people that have foundation, like they set a foundation. Now, I don't believe that my parents believed that I could do anything. They believed in who I was as an individual. And I think that this was probably the most instrumental thing that for me, because they didn't ask me to be my brother. They didn't ask me to be any of those things. And my daughter said it to me the other day, Christina, which is awesome. Uh, I said, be yourself always. And she looked at me and she's like, that's duh, dad. (laughs) Everyone else is taken anyway. And what she was meaning is just like, you know, I mean, there's so many times where Instagram or Facebook or TikTok now and, you know, social media do stuff and people are trying to be other things. If you, they just taught me, my parents, and I, I love them for it. I love them for so many reasons, but they just taught me that it was okay. Like I was enough. Like I was enough. And it's been crazy because it gives you the ability to try stuff. Because if it works, we write it down, systemize it and continue to do it. If it sucks, we just stop doing it.
0: Hmm. See, okay. So you are all about family, faith, and vision. Like that's what I get from you. What I want to know, so at what age did you know you were an entrepreneur?
1: I don't know. I mean, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. The only reason why is because it rhymed with manure. And I remember <laughs> being like, like fourth grade and, and hearing the word. i never think
0: of it the same again. <laughs> I exactly.
1: And and when I was in fourth grade, we heard this word and all of us get like my dad said, I'm gonna be an entrepreneur. And we we're like, ha, he said manure. And that was, I mean, it was just a connection point. But you know, it, it was one of those things where my dad instilled it very early on. You know, we had to mow three lawns before we got to go out and play every Saturday. And it was a it wasn't my dad trying to teach us business. It was just that he didn't like us to have fun. You know, that's it, pops, you know who I'm talking about. You had fun yeah. over it. He had a little beeper that whenever we had fun, he was like, Oh, you need to do work. But we had to mow three lawns before we went out to play, you know, and so we learned that kind of thing. And then I remember, I think the the biggest thing when I learned commerce, my brother was selling noun leaders, right? So he would buy them at the store for 10 cents and sell them at school for 25. It's a good profit. Well, I asked my brother, now, Rob, I'm going to give you a hard time on this. Rob Cardenas, that's his name. So search him out and tell him he, he did his brother dirty. But I asked, I asked for some noun later's right? And, and he's like, all right, cool. So he sold them to me for retail price for 25 cents. I'm his brother. He should have given me a little, little something, but he gave me to him for 25 cents. I went into my classroom. Remember it like it was yesterday. I took two of the noun later's because there's five in a pack. I took two of the noun later's and I ate them. They were the apple, the green apple ones. I ate them. After I ate the two, I only had three left. And a kid in my class was like, hey. Can I have, now I'll sell them to you for 25 cents. So I turned around, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm the man. And I turned around, and sold them for 25 cents. I ate two of them, sold them for 25 cents. And I thought, I just made money. Well, then I went back to my brother and I bought another pack for 25 cents. And I realized I didn't make any money. I just shifted money. So I learned commerce at that time that even if I eat some of my own supply, that doesn't create profit. And so I had to sell it for more than what it was. And that's when the, the kind of journey, the journey really connected with me in fourth grade, manure, entrepreneur. And then, you know, it was desperation. It wasn't like an entrepreneurial spirit. It was like, we have, we get free lunch at school. So we would get five tickets for free because we didn't have enough money to be able to get lunch. And then me and my brother would sell them. So we would sell them and then we would buy the kind of lunch that we wanted. Does that make sense? So it was, I think the entrepreneurship was more out of a necessity. And then realizing that it was a gift that God gave to us that we didn't have much because he taught us the principles. So we fell in love with our current circumstances. And when I find that when you have a love affair with your current circumstances, magic will happen.
0: Nice. Okay. So what I want you to, like your book, you put your life and all of the lessons that you've been taught and you've learned in your entire life, you were able to put it all into a book. It. When I say it was easy, what I mean by that is you took everything that you already know and you just put it down on paper and journaling. So did the journal, I know that you've had your same journal for, since you were little, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I have different ones, but I, I have one that I share that I have it since it's been 1985. I have one of my notebooks back from 1985 and we use the same principles in our business today.
0: Yeah. So that's the funny thing is that even though life like things change, economy changes, like everything changes, but the principles of everything, like the functionality of everything really old school works old school works. You just roll with it. And, and I know that we're in a different time right now, but still the foundation of it all is still the same. We just have to use different tools. Like right now, everything's digital right now. Everything, you know, school is going to, you know, it's remote learning. We're having to learn from people online. We used to meet in person for things. Now everything's, on zoom. It's like, it's just the way that it is now. So I want to know more about your book share. Well, I know about your book cause I read it, but I want you to share your book and talk about the six indicators that you write about.
1: Well, I think the, the biggest thing was, is, is uh, you know, people constantly try and put you in a box. So when I wanted to write a book at first, I, I looked online and there, there was some principles on how to be able to do it, which I, I, I looked at it and it was amazing. I learned a lesson from a guy named Tim Story. If you get it, you need to have him on your podcast. This guy is absolute fire. And so Tim Story told me he doesn't listen to other public speakers because he public speaks. He said because mashak, a Jewish word or a a Hebrew word, that means the the act to rub off. And a a lot of times when he would listen to other people, they would rub off on him and then his style would start to morph into what. Does this make sense? Absolutely. So when I went to write a book, I think the biggest principle here is I never wrote a book until I wrote a book. Okay. Right. And most people are just scared to start. So when I went to write it, everyone told me that I had to write a certain way. And I was like, I don't want to, I want to write like I talk. And if you, when you read the book and my correct on this, like Absolutely. when you read the book, it's like, we're having a conversation. Like, a, and I may not win an A in how to write a book, but that was me like that. It came from my voice and so I had wanted to do it for so long. And then my wife literally said, why don't you shut up and go do it? And I sat in the side yard and took six days. I wrote the book in six days. I wrote it. I do not type well like this. And I typed it like this. And so the main thing is, is that most people run their life without, like most people run their life without indicators. And what I mean by this is you would never drive your car without a speedometer, Right. Not because the car wouldn't function, it's because you wouldn't know how fast or slow you're going. So, these six indicators basically become this for you in all aspects. And so, number one is culture, right? So, culture is the you know, an environment that's suitable for growth. And most people look at it as a buzzword, it's a happy, it's a feely thing, but they don't look at it as the bottom line. We look at culture as the indicator number one, and we've got to make sure that our culture is in line. Number two is the vibe you could change the vibe, and we were able to do that. You told me that, hey, Don't mind my dog in the background. I love it that your dog's in the background because when we're talking about it, like it's real, this is a real conversation and we could change the vibe simply by having something like that. Third one was process and procedure. Most people jump this to the very front and they look at the processes and procedures, they make systems and then they try and fit people into them. That doesn't work. You've got to make sure that your culture is right. You adjust accordingly and then you make your processes and procedures, which is nothing more than a list of your screw ups. The fourth one is the productivity. And most people, again, put that number one sometimes and say, I just need to be productive. Well, productive is different to different people. And productive will happen when your culture's in line, your vibe's in line, and your processes and procedures, which is nothing more than a list of your senior And then we get to, once we have that foundation, then we can innovate, which is the indicator number five, and then we can adapt, which is number six. And I tell you what I found is in all business, in all life, in all relationships. And I test this all the time. There is not one challenge, there is not one goal that you'll ever have that will not be met. Focus on the six indicators.
0: It's funny that you said in the beginning that basically it was when you wrote your book, it was like you were speaking, and when that's what is, and maybe it's because I have you know followed you for so long, and I but what was funny was you really did write it as though you were speaking and that's what made it hard to put it down. And because, and, and then, so like I, what was the other funny part is, and I don't want to sound like a stalker and I know that, you know, some of my people that are listening right now are probably giggling about that, but when you speak of some of the stories of growing up, like you I've watched so many of your lives and listened to your podcast that I'm like, "Oh, I remember him talking about that. You know what I mean, and so yeah. <laughs> these so and maybe that, but I'll tell you it really it's hard to put down because it's relatable, it's relatable okay. it's not that it's not a stuffy. I know better than anybody else type coaching or, you know what I mean? It's very real. It's for anybody and you can use it in any aspect of your life. And just like your book says, it's for business and life. And I feel like, you know, when life is off, your business is off. And when business is off, life is off. It's like when they're out of sync makes things a little bit difficult. You know, and you you have little challenges. But you know, and it's about adaptability and you know, when things start changing like what we're in now, we need to adapt to the world that I don't like the whole new normal thing. It makes me a little bit crazy. But we do have to we have to roll with it. You know, it, things are evolving. Things are evolving. We're in a constant sense of evolving, and I think that we just we need to adapt with it. And I, I loved your book. So, and like I, I think I mentioned in the f- beginning, and I will share the link to your Forbes article as well. That was a nice little Thank surprise. You. I didn't, I didn't know that, but you had shared that last week as well. So that we was just
1: great. we we actually did another one right before we came online. Um, oh, really? I'll, I'll send that to you too. Yeah. So we just, I mean, literally like right before I got on, I got an email that said that we got it again. So, uh, you know, this being a Forbes contributor has been, it's, it was really a game changer. You know, it's been, it's what I've wanted for years and years. As long as I can remember in my, in, in the industry, most people were talking about, you know, American salon, or salon, which I respect. And I think it's amazing. Sure. But I never was focused on those. I always wanted Forbes. I wanted ink, I wanted Success Magazine. These, that's what I wanted. And just because I, I find that, like you were talking about, principles are going to be things that get us through. It's, we have to use modern day tools and technology. This is, a, this is a quote from my pop. But, I mean, I want you to realize that, honestly, like, as far as when you were talking about whether it be new normal or you know we're adjusting and things like that, I just think that we need to study. Like, if we really study the music industry, the music industry had the coronavirus when the iPad happened. Because the music industry used to be all live, used to be selling records, and then it went digital. And what did they do? They had to adapt. But if we really study the music industry, and what I would suggest is I would watch the, what is it, the Dr. Dre and uh, Jimmy Iovine uh, documentary on HBO. If you watch that, you'll see what just happened to our whole world. But it happened in a microcosm in the, the music industry before it happened to us.
0: Wow. That, I never, you know what, that's funny. Cause I never really thought about, it. I remember when it went, you know, from buying the, well, you know, back in our day, it was cassette tapes, records, oh, yeah. all that. Real
1: reel to reels. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But yeah, I mean, I remember the whole, you know, when it w- did start going digital and pirating and all of that stuff. And mm-hmm. now, It's like, do they even sell CDs anymore? You know, I mean, that's everything. Everything's at your fingertips. Everything's right here, you know? Well, when
1: you, I mean, when you watch the uh, documentary, there was a lot of musicians that were mad, that were saying there's no way. And Jimmy Iovine, as opposed to getting so mad at first circumstances the world gave him, he added a little bit of water, added a little bit of sugar and made lemonade and came out, not just on top, But when you see what Jimmy Iovine did, I mean, he led the charge. And so I just ask every single person, whatever circumstance, it doesn't matter whether it's Corona or whatever it is, like how are you going to take those sour circumstances and add some water, add some sugar, and make some lemonade? I mean, what else are you going to do? Just get mad? You know what I mean? And you can stay mad all your life, but then you're just going to stay bitter, just like those lemons. Add water, add lemonade, or add sugar, lemonade.
0: Oh, you know, we've talked about it so much because I'm the type of person where if I'm thrown a challenge, a life challenge, you know, I might have a pity party for a couple of minutes, but I can guarantee you after about, I'm not going to say five minutes, but a very short span of time, (laughs) we're not even going for a full day. Like I'm immediately in a solution mode. Okay. What am I going to do? How am I going to... What's my plan to make this better? How much sugar and water do I need to make this taste great? You know, for those who are listening, this, what's funny is that Kelly and I had become connected because of me being an esthetician, him being a salon owner, and you, like all of your business tips, everything that you teach, you have not put yourself in a box. What I love about it is, I'm like, you know what? This guy's got it down because he didn't just keep himself in one industry. You opened it to anyone and everyone. And you make everybody feel like they belong. I love that. I thank you. Totally love that. So. I am going to put a link. Oh, and I see you've got your bling on the counter. Can I just tell you that I freaking love that stuff? Really? I do have Corona hair. Your hair? I have Corona hair. Your
1: hair looks amazing.
0: <laughs> I, I tell you, when
1: you, were, when you were saying that about the salon ownership, I, I've never seen myself as a salon owner, ever. I, and I don't, re- I, don't, I don't resonate with it now. I, I think saw that
0: in your face when I said that. You were like, oh...
1: Well, no, I mean, what I see myself, what I, what I am is a culture builder that happens yeah. to own salons. And so that's for me. And that's always what I kept my focus on. I think a lot of times, like you said, I think people will pigeonhole themselves and put themselves in a place. I would much rather, I mean, principles are principles, right? Whether whether I'm selling hair color, whether I'm selling ha- haircuts, whether I'm selling, you know, Forbes magazines, whether I'm selling <laughs> courses or scissors or whatever it is, and whether I'm, trying to get you to let me mow your lawn or sell you now and later. It's all the same principles.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I can tell how well respected your team members, I can see how highly they think of you and you don't need to shy away from that. I can tell, I can tell. I thank you for the conversation today. I thank you for giving us some of your time. I will share the link to your book and the Forbes articles there, and it's been an honor for me to, to be able to share some time with you today. I could probably sit and pick your brain forever, but I'll let you get back to your family.
1: Well, I thank you so much. You're, you're incredible. I love what you're doing. I love your podcast, and I love that you're out there and you're doing something because there's so many people that have analyzation, paralyzation. They analyze it for so long and it paralyzes them. And I think that Christina, it's phenomenal what you're doing to give people a platform.
0: Great. Thank you. I appreciate that, Kelly. I appreciate your words and the entire conversation. I will be seeing you on Facebook again. All right.
1: All right. Thank you so much.
0: Have a great day, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today on the Unleashed podcast. My hope is that you leave this podcast feeling inspired, fired up, and ready to take the next step to living your dream life. And if you could do me a quick favor, please leave me a five-star review over on iTunes. I love reading the reviews, and each week I'll choose one special person to win some Unleashed Sway. Make sure you add your name to the review, and I'll reach out to you if you're the winner. Thanks again for spending your time with me today. Be sure to visit me at christinaunleashed.com for past episodes and more gifts to help you unleash the most successful version of you.